Greetings, listeners of the Latin Prayer Podcast. My name is Dylan Drago, and welcome back for another episode. Happy New Liturgical Year. Happy first week of Advent to all of you. Now, as I mentioned in my last episode, I'd like to spend today talking about this season of Advent. How do we prepare our hearts and our minds? How do we prepare our homes and our families for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ? How should we see the coming of our Lord this season? I want to start by revisiting the readings of this past Sunday in light of commentary from the saints to aid in our understanding of Scripture. I will also share with you my favorite Advent traditions. And though some of those traditions you and your family may already be well aware of, I hope that there might be a nugget or two in there for some of you. We will go through the Advent wreath, the blessing of the wreath, the candles and the meaning behind all of them, preparing your home with the use of colors and the use of music. We'll talk about Advent calendars and much, much more. So with all that, let's dive in, shall we? This past Sunday's Gospel is taken from... The Gospel of St. Luke. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations by reason of the confusion of the roaring of the sea and of the waves, men withering away for fear and expectation of what shall come upon the whole world. For the powers of heaven shall be moved, and then... They shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and majesty. But when these things begin to come to pass, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is at hand. And he spoke to them in a similitude. See the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth their fruit, you know that summer is nigh. So you also, when you shall see these things come to pass, Know that the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen, I say to you, this generation shall not pass away till all things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Now we're not going to do a full commentary on the entire scripture passage, however... I think it's fitting that we take a couple of verses as our theme for this season. Being that this is from the first week of Advent, it kind of sets the tone. And to understand these passages a little bit better, it makes sense that we look to not ourselves, but the saints. The easiest way to do that is to look up St. Thomas Aquinas' compilation of the saint's commentary on the four Gospels. This is called the Catena Aurea. Catena Aurea. It means golden circle. So if you Google that, look it up. In fact, I might even put a link in the show notes where you can do this for yourself. I always do this whenever I read a passage from the Bible. I don't want to try to figure it out on my own. Someone else has already figured this out for me, someone who's much more holier and smarter than me, and I'd rather just defer to them. And so let's look at a couple of verses here. Now, the first verse from this scripture passage that I want to look at is verse 27, and it reads, And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and majesty. St. Chrysostom said about this particular verse, Quote, For God ever appears in a cloud, according to the Psalms, 
Clouds and darkness are round about him. Therefore shall the Son of Man come in the clouds as God and the Lord, not secretly, but in glory worthy of God. Therefore he adds with great power and majesty. End quote. St. Cyril goes on to say, quote, Great must be understood in like manner. For his first appearance he made in our weakness and lowliness. The second he shall celebrate in all his own power. End quote. What's really interesting about the season of Advent is that oftentimes we look at the coming of Christ the way that he came as a child in his weakness and in poverty and in the darkness and quietness of that still Bethlehem evening. But truthfully, how should we be preparing? This particular passage gives us the clue. We need not only to prepare our hearts for the coming of the Christ child, but the coming of our God in all of his great glory and power and majesty. And it should be terrible to behold. In fact, we should be taking this opportunity to root out all of our vices and to redouble our efforts to strengthen our virtues so that when he comes, he will find us ready and prepared. Advent is a season where we prepare our hearts for his second coming even more so than his first coming. His first coming we know about. His second coming is always imminent, for he says that we know not the hour, and that it will be like a flash of lightning, and in an instant everything will change. And even if we do not live to see that great second coming, our soul may be demanded of us this very night, and what if, what if tonight is the last night and the night that we have to stand before the throne of God? Can we honestly say that we have done everything that is within our power to prepare our soul, our hearts, our minds? This is a penitential season. It is a mini Lent. It isn't just, hey, let's put on the Christmas music and let's get the tree up and let's put the lights out and let's do all those things. It is all of those things as a reminder of this great, wondrous work that God did for the salvation of all mankind in his coming as a child. However, that has been accomplished. It is done. It is behind us. What is to come and what is not certain is where we will end up. And that can only be accomplished by our actively preparing and seeking his second coming, whether that be at our deathbed, or whether that be in great power and majesty at the end of time. Now the next passage that I want to take a look at is verse 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. Saint Theophilus speaks about this passage and says, That is perfect liberty of body and soul. For as the first coming of our Lord was for the restoration of our souls, so will the second be manifested to the restoration of our bodies. End quote. These words from Saint Theophilus are very comforting because we live in a time where we seem to be doing incredible amounts of battle against the forces of darkness and it doesn't seem at all like we are winning. 
it seems that we're losing ground or being be, we're being persecuted even more so than before. And this can be very discouraging. But like St. Theophilus said, that his first coming was for the restoration of our souls, to make a way for us back to heaven, for him to accomplish what he did at Calvary on the cross. He didn't say anything about justice be done right after that. He said justice be done at the end of time. Therefore, we look forward to his second coming. We look forward to the resurrection of the dead when God's great justice and mercy will be made manifest, where the restoration of our bodies, all things that were unjustly done to us will be made right. Now, I don't say us as in you and me in the particular sense. Of course, there may be several injustices that need to be taken care of, but I mean to the church as a whole. So, we can look forward with great hope and desire for God's second coming. We lie in wait, expectant with joy that when he comes, he will find us ready and it will be to the restoration of all things as they should be. Hence, this Advent season, let it be for you and me a mini penitential season, as it should be. That's why we have the color purple. So let's use that color purple to segue into what I wanted to chat about for the remainder of this episode, which is preparing ourselves. How do we do that? How do we start to prepare our hearts, our minds, our families for this great second coming of Christ? Well, it starts by preparing our home to make it easy for those in our home to visually see. It's exactly what the church does. If you walk into a church during the season of Advent, you will see the color of penance, purple, You will see it everywhere, and that is for a very specific reason, because you recognize something has changed, something is different, and I need to take this outward change and reflect it inward. So, color your home with purple. If you have little children, this is easy to do with felt banners, and you can put up the O antiphons on these banners, and you can hang them from different parts of your home. By the way, we'll come back to the O antiphons in a separate episode altogether. I would encourage you to invest in a purple dining tablecloth. Or even if you happen to have a mini altar in your house, try to find some purple linen and adorn your altar with purple linen. And speaking of purple again, the most obvious thing that we could do is to place an Advent wreath at the center of our home. Whether that be on your altar or on your dining table, This is probably the thing that I don't need to tell anybody to do. However, I will share with you what our family does. Every year, earlier in the year, so not close to Advent, this is usually done, I want to say sometime in the spring, I will go to our local beeswax supply store or candle making store and get beeswax sheets that I will then roll into candles And one thing that I like to do is I like to take blessed and exercised salt and sprinkle it in the sheet while I'm rolling the candle. This does two things. It actually helps the the candle last longer as you're burning it. And that exercised salt as it burns is now spread throughout your home in the air. I then have the candles blessed by our priests at the parish, either at Candlemas or just as a 
separate favor to me to do the blessing for candles. And those are the candles that we then pull out and burn during the Advent season. The third thing that you can do, in addition to the wreath and coloring your home with purple, is to find beautiful music that you can then just play in the background in your house that has this sense of preparation to it. Now, my three favorite go-tos are Advent at Ephesus by the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles. This is a group of Benedictine sisters who have recorded beautiful choral music. They have one for Advent, they have one for Lent, and they have one for Easter. I highly recommend you check them out. You can find them on Spotify. Also, Matt Marr has a new album out that... I shouldn't say it's a new album. It's uh, I think it was out a couple of years ago, and it's Matt Marr, The Advent of Christmas. It's a fantastic al- album. A little bit modern take on music, so you've got the traditional and you've got the modern. And then, of course, Handel's Messiah, which is another fantastic thing that you can play in your home. Again, I'll put all the links to these in the show notes. You can find most of this on Spotify or on YouTube, and you can look them up for free. There is one more, and I'm just seeing if I can pull it up right now. Ah, yes, that's what it's called. It's called Rain for Roots, Waiting Songs. And it's a fantastic album, especially if you have little children in your home. These songs are fun, and they're all about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ as a child, the Christ child. And they're beautiful Advent songs that you can play in your home. Now, in addition to all of these things, the colors, having the wreath out, and playing this beautiful music in the background, one thing that we make sure we do Every single Sunday is the blessing of the wreath. There's one for each candle. And again, I will put the link to the blessing that we use in our family. And this is a fantastic thing to involve everybody. The father, the mother, the children. They take turns doing certain traditions, certain things. And the wreath really becomes this place that we gather around. It not only dominates our meal times, but especially at bedtime. So here's another thing that we do in the evenings with our children in particular. My wife made sure to start collecting Advent books, and there's various stories. In fact, I might even get her on the podcast to go through a whole bunch of the books that we read to our children, and this just becomes our bedtime ritual, where we will read a book every evening, and we'll have this book wrapped And it's not, you know, paper wrapping. This is just kind of one of those cloth bag wrappings. We can stick the book in the bag and fold it up. And so every child gets to open a new book every year during Advent. And they don't read these books throughout the rest of the year. They just read them during the Advent season. So they look forward to opening these books. And when they open up a book every evening, that's our story. That's our bedtime story for the night. And then after we finish that, we will say a decade of the rosary together. But before we do, we light the Advent candle for that week. We'll say our prayer. We'll finish up our prayer. And then I'll usually pull out my bazooki or guitar sometimes, and we will sing an Advent hymn. This week, we have been singing, O come, divine Messiah, the world in silence waits the day. And we'll process from our Advent wreath in the living room, in darkness, to the bedroom where we can go and finish up bedtime. So this is how you can bring all of those things together. Story, color, music, light in the darkness. These are these little traditions that make this season so special, that make this season all about preparation.
Now, another thing that we do, of course, is we prepare a manger scene somewhere in the house. And I can't really give you the day that we do this. We just do it at some point in the first week uh, of Advent. And we'll prepare a manger scene and we'll make this really special. But we'll leave the crib empty. We'll hide him, our Lord, uh, the little figurine of our Lord, somewhere in the house. And he comes out on Christmas Eve at midnight. I think most people have heard of that little tradition and they do that already. Ah, yes. We also do an advent calendar. Now, there's a beautiful colored calendar, and this one does cost money because you have to either get it printed. You can either buy the PDFs and print them yourselves, or you can have them send you the advent calendar. But advent calendars are really important because, again, it's a countdown, right? It's this leading towards something, this preparing yourself every day. And a a calendar makes it very visual. And so we have ours hung up very close to our dining table. So every time the children move to and from the kitchen, they'll walk past it, they'll look at it and go, oh, this is the day today. Or, oh, look at that saint. Or I think that one is a saint that that I was for All Saints Day. Things like that. It just integrates everything that you're doing and it gives them something to work towards. So I'll put a link for the one that we use. It's very beautiful. I forget the name, but I will put the link in the show notes. So check that out as well. Another thing that we do is we, in previous years, have spent time building a Jesse tree. Now, I could do an entire episode on Jesse trees. Most people have heard about them. They know what they are. And I'm not going to dive into all of that during this episode, but I would encourage you that during the season of Advent to make the Jesse tree, even though it may not be as big as your Christmas tree, but make the tradition of the Jesse tree just as important during the season of Advent as you do decorating your Christmas tree. We like to leave our Christmas tree decoration to the week before, the week leading up to Christmas, so that fourth, that final week of Advent. In fact, some days I haven't even gone and cut down our tree till maybe the day before, like it's the 23rd of December and I'm driving two hours up on a Forest Service road to find a tree to cut down. I get a permit to do it and everything, but you know, sometimes it's been a little bit sketch. Meaning, like, I didn't think I was going to find a tree last year. It was pretty sketch. But regardless, I don't think I'll leave it that late this year. Most likely that fourth week of Advent, I will go out and get the tree. And then we will spend that entire week making everything about the decorating of that tree. Now, the last two things that I'll mention that are really important to us are the Feast of St. Nicholas. And one thing that's very important to me is the St. Andrew Novena. The Feast of St. Nicholas is something that we take care of, my wife and I, we make sure that all of the children have their shoes out by the fireplace, and there is something really unique and special about that feast day, where they will get probably a book of some kind, there's usually a tiny little ornament, there's chocolate, little coins that we'll go and get and put, put in their shoes. And in the last few years, I've actually been leaving a note from St. Nicholas to the children. And I author it as if he was writing it to them as the Bishop of Smyrna and talking to them about how Christ is coming and that they need to help each other become holy so that when Christ comes, he finds them the way that he intended them to be. 
And the children really love, especially the older ones who can read, they really love opening up that note. And I'll make it really special. You know, I'll get dripped wax and I'll put a little seal on that and everything. And it's, it's just really fun for them. And the last tradition is the St. Andrew Novena. Now, I've done an entire episode about this previously on the podcast. I may do one again, or I may just repost that episode. I'm not quite sure. I haven't decided. But I will put the link to that previous episode of the St. Andrew Novena. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the Novena, it actually begins on November 30th. So we're a few days behind here, but you can definitely play catch-up. It's a single prayer and it's a Christmas novena. It's traditionally prayed 15, 15 times, beginning on the Feast of St. Andrew, which is November 30th, and it concludes on Christmas Eve. It's a very beautiful prayer. Find something that's important to you between now and the coming of our Lord that you really want to earnestly pray for, and I would put that intention before St. Andrew. And if I could give you any advice about praying the novena, don't leave it till the end of the day. Begin your day with the Novena. Number one, it'll help you actually remember to do it every single day, and you won't be able to make the excuse that you're tired at the end of the day, and so you'll actually get to it. You won't forget. Begin your day with the Novena. There's a lot of things for us to pray for, changes that we want to bring about in our countries, changes that we would love to see happen in the church, that God would be known and praised by all men and women all throughout the world. There's a lot that we can pray for. The restrictions to be lifted over the traditional Latin masses and various dioceses and the promulgating of the traditional form of the mass, etc., etc. The conversion of maybe fallen away Catholics, maybe in our own families, right? There's so much that we could do in this mini penitential season. And that includes fasting and praying. Do not take for granted the power of adding fasting to your prayer. Treat your Fridays still as days of abstinence. Don't just use the excuse of, hey, it's Christmas or almost Christmas and therefore we can just indulge. No, no, no. Prepare yourself, as the church has done traditionally for 2,000 years in this season. Prepare yourself for the feast that is coming but is not yet here, right? Use this opportunity to fast and pray, to grow in holiness, to set an example for your children and for other families, knowing that God is always watching and that he is pleased and will reward us in like manner. I want to thank you all for joining me for another episode. A big thank you to all of you who are praying the rosary and listening daily. The links for the daily rosary are in the show notes. Please like and share this podcast with your family and friends, and especially as we head into the season of gathering more often, uh, please share it with them. Remember, Pope Pius X said that if there were one million families praying the rosary every day, the entire world would be saved. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. It's the easiest free way for you to support the podcast. And of course, if you're in a financial position to support the podcast, would like to do so, please visit us at our Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash the Latin Prayer Podcast. And on that note, I want to thank all of our patrons, without whom I would not be able to bring these episodes to you every week. We have 15 amazing people supporting this podcast. So I would like 
you to join me in thanking them by praying for them. May God bless all of them and reward all of you greatly for your kindness and your generosity. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater nostra, qui es in celi, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cielo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos a malo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicut erat in principio et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. So, until our next episode, may God love all of you and Our Lady keep you close to her Immaculate Heart, and may she lead you into the abode of the Sacred Heart of her Son, our Lord Jesus Christ.